This episode of Nothing Important is brought to you by First Base and Beyond, the hilarious new book that defines the bases and expands the baseball metaphor for getting laid. A perfect gift for the holidays, bachelor parties, or just to have around to settle debates. Ever wonder what getting to third base really means? Get First Base and Beyond by going to www.firstbaseandbeyond.com. That's firstbaseandbeyond.com. Some of the proceeds also go to Save the Tatas. Firstbaseandbeyond.com. Copywritten by Brian of the Nothing Important Podcast. That's awesome. That's an awesome that's story. My, uh, that's my uh, screen test. Uh. <laughs> no, that, that had everything. They have suspense, action, Bill Murray in a golf cart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> on, that's, that's about as good as a story as you could have told. You're listening to Nothing Important. Please enjoy the show. See, I was going to do an intro there, Dave, and the way that you looked at me totally threw me off a loop. Really? Yeah. Oh. But this is the Nothing Important Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is my buddy Dave. Dave, how's it going, bud? I'll tell you what, Brian, I've been on a hell of a Simpsons kick lately. You have? Yeah. Well, I'm a big I'm a big Simpsons fan, man. See, I'm one of the, the few old school Simpsons fans who still watch the newer episodes. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't. See, I... I get that. I mean, but after what, 30 years or whatever it's been now, it's, it's not going to be the same show. I think it's been 72 years. It's been pretty goddamn long, right? Yeah. It's like the bicentennials coming up, I think, next year. But they, <laughs> but they, they've kind of, um, they've kind of come back around though. The newer episode, like there's stuff that they do that would never in a million years would have been done during like the way back classic mm-hmm. parts of the well, series. There's stuff they did back then they couldn't do now. Bart or Homer used to choke Bart all the time. Yeah. You know what? That's one of the things, though, that they actually still keep intact. Yeah. Which is nice to see because they didn't kowtow, but I think they're they're kind of grandfathered in. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, they're, they're grandfathered in, and it's just the way The Simpsons are. Well, I often wonder if I see, if I watch those old seasons of The Simpsons now, would I think they're as funny? Or is it just because I was a kid? Because I was 10 years old when the show started. Right. You know, so, and I think that seasons basically three through nine are amazing and it it was such a big deal too when it came out i remember uh in our small little town there's this uh store called uh, ed's midtown mart and i remember we would go there and we you know you buy candy you get Mm. you know like a dollar from your parents drive by the school drive by the school or on the way to school but i remember back then they actually had simpsons illustrated magazine oh god yeah (laughs) it was such such a big deal my first ever detention was uh was in fifth grade because I had a Bart Simpson post or a Bart Simpson folder of him holding a slingshot. And it said underachiever and proud of it, didn't it? No, it said eat my shorts. Ah. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Gergen, my fifth grade teacher, gave me a detention and took my folder. Mrs. Gergen. Mrs. fucking Gergen. I had I had the uh, underachiever and proud of it shirt and I was not allowed to wear it in school. Yeah. Bullshit, right? Yeah. That was so controversial. Yeah. No and and now like, you can wear like a fucking like uh like you can wear a fucking like a you like, wear like a stream bikini and a thong, <laughs> right? Because <you know? laughs> <laughs> right, now, now if you try to uh, reprimand a kid for, especially a, a female, 
for wearing a certain type of clothes. Now it becomes like some big fucking social issue. Yeah, I mean, oppressing. Yeah. Y'all are brutalizing me. It's my body. I wear what I want. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole Simpsons thing, I have to throw this by you. Mm -hmm. 20 years later, I was watching season six, 1995. Okay. Okay, you remember the the 2001 Greyhounds episode? Uh, Refresh my memory. Where they send his little helper, gets loose, and he knocks up the uh, race dog. Yes. And they give birth to all the puppies. Right. Save... save, my vest or something. Or, or, yeah. So yeah. that's the song. See yeah. my vest. Okay. Right. So there's a line. Or in, be my vest. No, see my vest. Or see my vest. See yes. my vest. So I'm, I'm, I was working. Mm-hmm. I'm doing like a laborious kind of a job. I had it on in the background. Le- mostly laborious, li- if you will. Laborious. Mm-hmm. Mostly listening to it. But, right. you know, so when you're in that kind of a mindless job, your brain can kind of things will pop in the shampoo effect, as some people call it. Right. Yeah. So... I got shampoo affected in that song where he's singing the line, you know, like my loafers, yeah. former gophers. It was that or skin my chauffeurs. And I never understood what the fuck other than a rhyming scheme that meant. Uh-huh. And it hit me. A chauffeur is a gopher. Is it? It's a homonym. Like, you know, when you, somebody goes and gets shit for you, you call him a gopher. Like, like my loafers, former gophers. It was that or skin my chauffeurs. Okay. So he would have made his chauffeurs into the shoes, the loafers, because chauffeurs are gophers. Ah! See? It's a pun ah. that I didn't get for 20 freaking years. Nice. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that happens? I know, right? Right. That That's like the story of my life, because remember, it took me years to understand what the hell you were talking about, like <laughs> two guys walking to a bar and the third one ducks, and I'm like, I really don't understand what the hell that is. Blazing Saddles just did that to me, too. Uh, explain. Uh, when they said, they said you was hung, and he goes, and they was right. Right, because it's the black guy yes. hung like a noose, but like he was lynch, and then because but, of his dick know, size. Yeah. Cause, yes, because black guys, <laughs> you, they, they said he was hung, and they was right. And I, for many, many, many years, I never got that joke. And then like last year, it hit me like, like oh, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Like your food with a little extra kick? Try Cuban Sriracha, hot sauce by the Pepper Jelly Company out of Miami, Florida. Cuban Sriracha is an artisan sriracha with a Cuban flair will spice up any dish. A family recipe passed down from the Diaz family right to yours. You can taste the tradition and the heat. Pick up your bottle of Pepper Jelly Company's Cuban Sriracha at www.pepperjellycompany.com. That's www.pepperjellycompany.com. So you've been rewatching um, Better Call Saul? Yeah, actually, I have, and um, I kind of like it more. Yeah, you know, I watched it. Uh, I, I watched it um, when I was using Halo to see European Netflix. Uh-huh. I watched like a good first half of the season again. It, it definitely, it definitely is better the second time around. Yeah, you pick up on some things. I caught a couple of Breaking Bad jokes, I think, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just the performances are like, like Michael McKeon. Is pretty damn solid as Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was on um, he was on Adam Carolla's show yesterday. Oh, really promoting uh promoting the show? Yeah, totally. Nice. Um, we'll get him. But I, 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 that'd be a good one for you. That'd be a good one for you too because he was also on Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, he's in is I that, think all those movies, those like satirical documentary. Yeah, was that your phone ringing? Yeah, I was getting a text message. 
Oh, gotcha. That was Tom. He's like, is it too Uh, late? I'll tell him he can come up if he wants to. If he wants, why not? I got it set up. I don't want to... Huh? I got it set up, so... Oh, gotcha. (laughs) So, you know, thinking about the show, though, is as much... Like, the first nine episodes were were super good, but I'm still kind of wonky on that ending. I got to watch the ending again. It just kind of ended on a really odd odd note. It wasn't like a bad episode. It was just like oddly paced and seemed like it was an episode that they were supposed to show like three weeks prior or two weeks prior. Ah. Yeah. Hmm. Because the episode before the last episode, I remember being really good. And the last episode... We were it wasn't amped. like a letdown. It wasn't like, man, that sucks. It just was, you know, they, they raised the bar. It, it's like they plateaued just a little too soon. Right. Yeah. They peaked. Well, maybe they designed that though. They kind of yeah, peaked I and mean, then the, came because you have to have your your build up, then your peak, and then you have to have your resolution. So uh, Tom's with us now. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. How you doing? So yeah, yeah. I, you know Brian. You know Tom is the. Uh, Composer and performer of our theme song. Yeah. By the way, great work. Oh, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate Dude, I, the opportunity. I, 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 well, I, I don't know if it's much of an opportunity for you, but uh, it, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, awesome. I, I really like it a lot. Well, thanks. Um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I know me and Dave were talking about the idea of you know every so often changing the way it sounds, like making it a reggae song or a rock song or blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Totally, I'm I'm pretty easygoing guy. I don't, I don't I'm not too Nazius about this stuff. Like, and plus, like I don't play any instruments and I can't sing. So, like, I'm always amazed by people that have some sort of musical ability. <laughs> well, I, I can't sing either, as me and Dave found out with our auto tuning experience. <laughs> Holy well, shit! Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I heard the original cut and it sounded way better without the auto tune effect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as long as we say it's a comedy song, then that way I get away with a lot of the uh, mistakes there. No, I th- I thought it sounded fine, but uh, Dave knows I like I like like a basic like uh, lo-fi. Yeah, he would have been kinda, totally kinda fine with a little bit of, if it's a little bit off pitch. You know, it just makes it yeah. sound more like we had a hand in it. Yeah. I guess it <laughs> it's more realistic that <laughs> yes. way. No, cool. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I uh, had a lot of fun doing it. I want to do more of it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> what I'm doing right now is I'm looking at the uh, season two promotional art on uh, the AMC press website. And I'm always confused. And one thing I never looked in, I, I got to, I guess, email our, our press rep, but uh, I'm not sure which of these I can use. Like, for example, I'm looking at stuff that's uh, like a picture for episode three. And uh-huh. uh, I, I'm not sure if I can ever use it. But it, it doesn't really show anything. All it is is like Mike walking in front of a car down a dark street. So oh, it's not like on the website or something. You're saying we have, the picture. We get uh, we have press access to certain photographs and stuff. They're press. They're publicity yeah. photos. And so, what are you using the photos for? Is it on like the podcast website? Yeah. It, well, what we use it for is nothing. Actually, we <laughs> we don't use it for anything. Right. Um, they're. I, I would say though, if we were to use them, I guess you would kind of. Use that picture to promote episode three. Keep it episode per episode. Yeah, I see. I see. Yep, exactly. Um, by the way, uh, if Michael joins us, you have to ask him when does he die? Because I realize he, does- he's not in Breaking Bad, so he has to die. He's not. 
Is he a red shirt? Is that what goes on? Is he a, is a Star Trek red shirt? Yeah. Ensign, Ensign Nacho. <laughs> Ensign Nacho, yes. Please escort Captain Riker to the alien landscape. Tom, Captain do, you watch, do you watch Better Call Saul? Um, I unfortunately do not have cable, so I, I just found out from Dave that um, it's available on Netflix now, so I'll go home and check it out. Right, and who doesn't have Netflix nowadays, right? Yeah, right. that's uh, you know, it costs seven bucks as opposed to a hundred bucks. So that's the one I right. choose. Yeah, and it's on uh, your Netflix. Phone. Yeah, what's that? Netflix is just one of those things where I, I guess I didn't see the big picture. Like I, I've told the story on our other show before that when I saw the first time I saw a cell phone with a camera on it, uh, I was like, "Oh, that's that's fucking stupid. Who the hell would want a camera on their cell phone?" And now I can't imagine having a cell phone without a camera. And then Netflix was very much the same way. I was like, well, fuck that. I'll just go to the video store and rent stuff if I want it. Sure. And then they started they started streaming movies. But when they first started streaming movies, I was like, oh, wow, that's super fucking awesome. A bunch of B-movies that nobody would ever fucking watch. You can watch streaming on Netflix. Right. You're like, it's and, like uh, streaming me TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm the only one that gets that joke. <laughs> Because they're reruns. It's all old shit. We know. We got it, Dave. God uh, damn it. Okay. I expected harder laughs. You didn't give us a chance to respond. No. I cracked myself up too much. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Brian MTV, Lee, like the shitty Chicago channel, right? Yeah. I think it was maybe because I was swearing. Maybe swearing is not a good idea. Swearing is, is perfectly acceptable. Oh, really? It's oh. an explicit podcast, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah. In fact, many of our guests, when they find that out, they relax a lot and start to curse a lot. That's awesome. They feel the freedom. Okay, good, because... Yeah. Can you hear me, oh, Dave? He probably got. Uh, Dave, can you hear guest. me? I would turn on my uh, teacher. Hey, coffee drinkers. Why are you standing in line paying way too much for fast food coffee? Get yourself some real coffee from Tugboat Coffee. Tugboat Coffee is real, direct trade, specialty coffee roasted by Master Roaster and founder Eric Barkley. I know he does it, I've seen him myself. No more paying $20 for a shot of espresso and a bunch of sugar milk. Get real artisan coffee at www.tugboatcoffee.com. That's www.tugboatcoffee.com. All right, Dave, you there? I'm here. All right. All right, we got Michael on the phone. (laughs) Insert applause and post. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Michael, we're 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 glad we finally got you. For uh, anybody that's uh, listening right now, uh, has probably heard that uh, you know me talk about with past uh, episodes and interviews. I have a habit of hanging up on our guest and then having to recall. But you are the first guest that's uh, inadvertently hung up on us a few times. So congratulations, my friend. I'm glad I'm the first at something. Right? <laughs> it's a, it's an all it's all good man thing. <laughs> yeah. It's all well, good, man. That's right. <laughs> well, Michael, we're definitely glad that you're on the show. I've spent the better part of the off season harassing you on Twitter. You finally responded. We made it happen, uh, and I'm I'm absolutely glad to have you here. I'm so glad you came on our our little podcast to chat with us tonight. Well, thank you so much. You know, we're all so glad of the way you guys have been uh, covering the show, and um, you know, we really we have no show without people like yourself to spread the word, to support us, to, you know, give us feedback and to encourage us, encourage us, encourage us. So, um, thank you. And I'm very happy to be on the show. 
uh, Ray and Patrick have been on this, and they told me that it's been a pleasure. Oh. And um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure that I'll find it as pleasurable as they have. <laughs> uh, great. I, I'm so glad to hear that. We also have a special guest in-house. We have a... We have a gentleman by the name of Tom. He's a musician from Joliet, Illinois. Dave told him that we were going to speak with you, and he thought it'd be interesting. So I hope you don't mind that uh, Tom's sitting down and chatting with us today. Absolutely not. Hey, Tom, how are you? Not bad. How's it going? Good. What kind of what kind of instruments you play? Um, mostly just like you know the typical rock stuff. I'm a bass player. Um, I play a little guitar, ukulele, some drums. Um, you know Every- that kind of thing. Everything. Oh, awesome. Multi-talented. All, all the fun <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> oh, good for you, man. That's great. Yeah, he, we were actually just talking about, he he wrote the theme song that we're going to debut when season two starts. We're debuting a new theme song for a podcast. Tom actually wrote it and played the guitar on it. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Please tag me in it. Yeah, yes. a- absolutely. We sure will. Um, so before we get talking about season two, which everybody is super excited for, I know Dave and I are pumped. We got a lot of... Uh, of our listeners that are pumped and excited for us. But I, I just found out that you broke your foot. You know what? It's not a, it's not broken. I'm very, very lucky. I, I thought it was a break cause I heard it crack, oh. but it's just a really bad sprain. And um, I'm just, we're just kind of afraid that there's complications. So I was just at the hospital mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I had to miss, I missed the phone call at first because we got out late, but I think it's just going to be a sprain. The, the x-rays turned out, um, positive but there's nothing broken so it was just playing soccer oh gotcha okay well we're well we're we're glad that you're all you're all right <laughs> no i feel like no, an asshole you. harassing you. you coming out of the you're trying to get better and we're like come talk on a podcast damn it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i told the doctor i had to go he, he was mid-surgery and i said i can't miss this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Was, I've got was, blood all over me. And <laughs> probably was his, better off if Brian was under anesthesia, but hey yo. <laughs> his, his reaction was probably like, what's a podcast? Because we run into that a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you guys are great. <laughs> so, season two, uh, very excited to see the return of Nacho. In the first season, Nacho was a very like mild-mannered and stoic character like it, it didn't seem like he had a lot of uh fluctuations in his external emotions so going so season one when you're creating the character was there any sort of uh influence or inspiration for how you handled the character of nacho well i think it was it all came from the text you know they they wrote a character who listened a lot and spoke mm-hmm. very rarely and when he spoke it was very to the point so i think that that sort of you, you kind of, as an actor, have to start understanding, you know, what kind of character, what kind of person um, listens more than they talk. And um, what I found really interesting is in the first season, uh, episode three, that is called Nacho, there's that interrogation scene. And he's, you know, he's pissed as hell, and he's about, he wants to rip Jimmy's head off. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do, he doesn't say anything for, for about two minutes. Yeah. And he just listens to Jimmy going and going to a monologue. And for someone to be so angry and not react for two minutes while the person that he wants to kill walks into the door and just let him go and go and go and go and gather as much information as possible. From, from that, you kind of uh, deduce a character. And that's kind of how Nacho found his spring. But in season two, we get to, um, he finds himself in a very, uh, how do I say, a very dangerous situation, and we start uh, 
finding um, cracks in his armor. And we start seeing his vulnerability. We start seeing his temper. He starts sort of losing control a little bit. And we reveal a little more of his inner um, inner dilemmas and inner struggles. Awesome, because that means yeah. you get to kind of expand on your acting shops, too, and tap into different sides of the character. That's That must be exciting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a slow burn. You know, you don't want to rush it. Right. You don't want to rush in too quick. But um, it's been a blast this season. Stakes are so much higher. The tension is so much higher. We've got a lot going on and um, a lot of storylines crisscrossing, and um, it's just been a blast. We've got some great Breaking Bad Easter eggs. Nice. Our jaws just dropped when we found out who was going to be on the show. Oh man! <laughs> Screw you, Dave. What? <laughs> Michael, be, uh, two weeks ago, Dave and I were recording our oh, our okay. first official show of the second season, and Dave predicted that nobody. Yeah. from Breaking Bad would, would show up. So, uh, screw you, Dave. That's okay. I, I thought I misheard, but yes. Okay, well, we, yes we're going to have Easter eggs every season. You know, you're going right. to, you can't help it. it. It all happens in the same season. I mean, it all happens in the same uh, year, um, sorry, city. And it mm. only happens, you know, five, six years before. Mm-hmm. And every season we're getting closer and closer to that moment. Saul Goodman met Walter White. Right. Right. It's just a matter of time before, you know, God knows who will show up. Because you just have to, and we also know that Mike, at some point, has to meet Gus. So mm-hmm. there's just so many things, and we know that uh, Jimmy and Nacho uh, screw up the cartel in one way or another. They're involved in something because in Breaking Bad, it's revealed that uh, Jimmy puts the, the blame on, he thinks that Walter White and Jeff Pinkman, when they have a gun to his head, they, they, um, Jimmy thinks that it's the cartel. Right, I remember. And his line is, "It wasn't me; it was Ignacio. Ignacio did it." Right, yeah, I remember. So we that. have to get into all that stuff. Yeah. Do you do you find it difficult that your character wasn't in Breaking Bad, but your character is now a major part of the events that lead up to Breaking Bad? So you don't really have like an end game to pull from and create a beginning for. You're uh, you're kind of going the opposite direction. Is it is it a little bit different process for you than your other uh, cast members? because you don't have an end story? Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely challenging because you don't know where, you, you don't, you, your character is kind of like a, in in my own uh, POV, it's kind of like a wild card. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's fun because it's kind of like a roller coaster ride and you don't know where it's going to turn. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel that you are living the part because from, you know, episode to episode as they're writing it, they're writing it while we're shooting it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel that, um, you know, you're, you're sort of writing your own destiny and you have to be very careful. That's maybe another reason why Nacho is so careful because, uh, the stakes for him are extremely high. And, uh, when you find yourself in a, you know, in a room filled with sharks, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to tread, tread very carefully, but you also want to end up on top and it right. takes a lot of restraint, you know, it takes a lot of restraint to be in this, you know, criminal business and to, to survive for a long time. See, and that's the thing about Better Call Saul is, uh, we, we all know how pretty much we all know how Saul ends up and it's just a method of getting there. So Dave and I all last season, like every episode, we're like, Oh, this is, this is going to be it. This is going to be the episode where he's, He's officially saw because we didn't oh. even believe Jimmy McGill was his actual name. <laughs> like we thought that was like a front and uh, like just the slow burn of it all. You guys do a great job. I feel of, of not jumping into it too quickly. I mean, hell it's already been one season and uh, 
Saul Goodman, for all intents, intents and purposes, has only just been hinted at, and all the characters are just now getting established. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes to the great writing, you know, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, Thomas Schnauss and Jennifer Hutchinson, Gordon Smith, and everybody in that team. They're just such wonderful writers. And, you know, they everything has a meaning. Every word means something. Every pause means something. Every color in your costume means something. And as an actor, it's the greatest treat where you can do all that detective work and try to deduce, you know, what your character's psychology and where you're at uh, scene by scene. So do you have any interesting uh, stories about either the audition process or how you found out you got the role? Because so far between uh, Patrick Fabian, Ray Seahorn, and Julianne Emery, even the story of like when they found out they were on the show was like hilarious or awkward or it was something just kind of different. <laughs> like there's something special about yeah. this group of pr- this production team that just like everybody is like really enjoys and appreciates the experience of even auditioning for or getting the notification that they got the role? Well, I can tell you about my, I don't know if this is going to be a funny story, but I can, I mean, to me, it was sort of a heart pounding, but I don't know how entertaining it's going to be. I'll give it a go. But <laughs> when I, when I, when I was, um, when I was invited to screen test in front of Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and Melissa Bernstein in LA, it was my second time ever in LA. And I had only been in Los Angeles for about, um, maybe a day for interviews for a video game called Far Cry 3. And yeah. then the second time I ever gone to was um, uh, that day for the screen test. And um, I remember the taxi driver that picked me up at the airport said, you know, he was, he, he was asking me what I did. And I told him I was an actor and he kept looking back. He goes, are you famous? I go, I don't think so. Or else you would know who I was. And um, <laughs> he, he asked me what I was here for. And I said, I was here for a screen test. And he said, you know, they don't fly anybody in for a screen test. You, you must be more than background performer for them to fly you over for a screen test. That's a very, very big deal. You know, you shouldn't take it lightly. And I said, absolutely. I'm not taking it lightly at all. And then pressure started building from there. And then my agent called and said, whatever you do, don't be late. <laughs> and I said, absolutely not. And I didn't know about L.A. traffic. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. And I, I Googled the thing the night before and I said, okay, the taxi driver's got some pressure on my agent. Tell me, no, don't be late. She reminded me about two, three times. And I Googled it the night before. It says, you know, about 15 minutes from the hotel. Yeah. It's like and three hours. The day that it? I leave, I'm about 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes late and I'm still in the car and I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm never going to get a shot at this. And when I get to the, uh, Sony, uh, studios and I run it first time ever on the Sony lot and I'm running, you know, on that saved, uh, brick road that was in uh, wizard of Oz. <laughs> it was kind of unreal. And I, I look to the right and I see Bill Murray in a golf cart uh, and I just can't believe it. I, I can't believe that this is actually happening. And I run through the door and I, I, I go through this glass, um, a building and I ask, I tell the woman who I am and I'm here to audition. And she points me in the direction of the cafeteria. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I pass by the cafeteria. I go past the cafeteria, past the kitchen. And there's just this like little tiny door at the corner of the, in the Sony lot. It looks like a place where you would put like, like the door looks like a place where you would put like the brooms and uh, the cleaning product like, or yeah, something like that. Closet? It's just a little unassuming door. Sorry? Uh, like the supply closet? What's that? Oh, I was saying the supply closet. 
Yeah, it looked like exactly. It looked just like that. And 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 there was nobody there. It was just chairs and a little red light. And I said to myself, Oh God, this is probably a casting call. You know, there's probably not going to be anybody there. Uh-huh. And I'm just waiting around for like ten, fifteen minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm probably at the wrong place, and I'm panicking like crazy. Suddenly, the lights goes off, and this younger gentleman walks out who probably just had an audition and looks like he's had the worst time of his life uh, <laughs> and walked out. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh my God, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> and then a few minutes later, Vince Gilligan walks out and I was surprised on how tall he was. And he was the nicest guy I've ever met. Huh. And, um, he gives me a hug, welcomes me. Then Peter cool, Melissa Burns, and they all walk out. And I, and I quickly realized they're the nicest people I've ever met. Huh. And everything from there goes, uh, really well. That's awesome. That's an awesome that's story. My, uh, that's my uh, screen test. Uh. No, that they had everything. They had suspense, action, Bill Murray in a golf cart. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's about as good as a story as you could have told. Yeah, it was because you, you'd imagine. I don't know. You'd imagine like you know bigger than life people, right? And it's just their art is bigger than life. But as people, they're very genuine, very uh, loving, and grounded, and um, you know, unassuming. I've learned a lot working with these guys. That's great. You know, and that's what everybody says too. Everybody that we speak with say that, uh, say, uh, that the producers and such, like the, the, the whole team or, or the whole, uh, I, fuck it. I guess the whole production, <laughs> the whole production team are, are, is just made up of the nicest people that you could possibly imagine. And that makes working on a series like better call Saul so much more, uh, so much more easy. Oh, yeah, and we've got an amazing crew. You know, not enough credit can be given to our crew. We just, I mean, our props department kind of calls us out and says, you know, like, um, you know, last episode you did it with your right hand, or your right hand is left. They, they'll come in and they'll they, they, they'll participate into the, the, the creation wow. of the character. Yeah, oh, deep. yeah, Jennifer Bryan, our costume designer. I mean, we have talks about these things, and everybody gets their input, and everybody's working together, and our DOP, Arthur Albert, it really is a family. I mean, it's just amazing. That's awesome. And to and we we shoot in the same studio as they shot Breaking Bad. Oh, nice. I see consistency all around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? I said consistency all around. Yeah, absolutely, man. From bottom to, to top, top to bottom. And Charlie Collier who runs AMC. I mean, everybody really. Really, we had Warren Buffett come visit us the other day. Oh wow! Oh no shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a trip. So now do you just show well, up is, late whenever you feel like it because there's no more pressure? Or <laughs> that's that? I said, do you show up late now whenever you feel like it because the pressure's gone? Or <laughs> no, not at all. I, I've never showed up late to anything, but I just didn't. I didn't know that this LA traffic thing was such a big deal. Oh yeah, and it just like added like 20 minutes to the trip. Yeah, well, I I, I interned in uh, LA for uh, eight months. And uh, I was 45 miles from the studio, and it was a two-and-a-half-hour commute at the minimum. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, it, oh, yeah, it, it's nuts. It was just turn off into a goddamn bridge embankment kind of uh, strenuous. Yeah, <laughs> well, at least you strenuous. had an excuse. But I think, I think, that, I think that, 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 that adrenaline rush helped me out in the audition room. Because <laughs> I came in, I was so wired up, you know, being late, <laughs> running up in the studio. And my heart was pounding. I was like 100 miles an hour the moment I walked in there. Maybe I was lucky that I was late. Maybe that helped in getting the part. Right, it it put you in the right state of mind. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, you know, adrenaline to the max. 
I'll never forget. I had uh, one time I was on TV. I had someone um, give me a chance to play some bass on this song that they had. They're like, all right, you know, we got to be here downtown, the NBC station. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I went to bed like super early. I, I go to bed at four in the morning. I'm a musician. I play late. And uh, I went to bed at like midnight, which is like going to bed at like six o'clock for most people, you know? I set my alarm. I had my phone alarm set. All this stuff is I had my lunch packed. I had my clothes set out. And uh, all of a sudden, I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh, what time is that? the clock? I had 15 minutes to be downtown Chicago, which in the morning is like, you know, an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes from where I live. I'm like, oh my God, I jumped up. I was freaking out. My, my, my wife's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she sees the clock. Oh my God. I'm like, that's it. That's it. I can't make it. I'm not going to make it. I took a shower. She ironed my clothes. <laughs> I didn't need anything. I had people calling me all the way there. The parking garage, the address was wrong. There was no parking. I had to park somewhere else. I'm carrying all my gear. I have my amp, my base, my like cable bag. I'm dragging all this around downtown in January like, like a, a lost dog. And I, <laughs> The security guard walks outside. He's like, hey, man, are you... Uh, are you late? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like about 45 minutes late, you know? So I rush in there. I'm freaking out. I'm like sweating. I'm like packing up stuff. Everybody is just kind of hanging out. They're like, yeah, we got like 15 minutes still. We kind of just, you know, made sure that you were here an hour ahead of time. I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, you got lucky. Yeah. I got very lucky. Yeah, but, it, you know, I think whatever, I think the, the, the lesson to that is, you know, whatever situation you find yourself in, keep your head, you know, keep your cool. And, um, yeah, I think keep you cool. Be more like, like Nacho. Full circle, baby. I thought the world was going to end, you know, but I didn't beat myself up. I didn't. I just stayed positive throughout the whole the whole thing. And trust me, like 10, 10 15 minutes in a cab ride, knowing that you're late, it could feel like an hour. Every oh, yeah. you're looking yeah. at your clock, and every minute feels like, oh my god, what am I doing? And you start thinking like, I'm never going to get this part. What did I do? What? Right. And then the taxi driver's voice kind of echoes in my head. And I'm just like, oh <laughs> no! man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, we're we're gonna. Oh, go ahead. No, well, go ahead, man. Yeah, I I just wanted to thank you again for coming on our podcast. I, I don't want to keep you too long. You're you're a busy man, but it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, it's all good, man. Uh, we we hope uh, we get to speak to you again in the future. And uh, before I let you go, I have a buddy who calls himself a boy named Sue that wanted nothing more than a shout out from Michael Mando. So, is there any chance that you can say hi to a boy named Sue? Absolutely, hi, a boy named Sue. And I hope you're doing wonderful and uh, sending you much love. That's awesome. That's, that's totally going to make his day. Uh, I've had an absolutely awesome time chatting with you. Uh, me and Dave have been super pumped for the, uh, for like the past week. And we're, we're super, we're super excited about, uh, better call Saul season two, starting February 15th on AMC. Thank you so much for coming on. It's all good, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you, Michael. You have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too. Cheers. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.